Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I think Kara introduced me to you. Yeah, and then I you guys, like you that. introduced Jackson Bruce. Yeah. and I said, "Hey, Jax, come talk to my friend," and he did, and he said, "I would eat her ass right now." <laughs> <laughs> Weird, I don't remember that being how Belle and the Beast met, but maybe I need to watch Beauty and the Beast again. I don't know. <laughs> this week's Vanderpump Rules was all about Britney and Jax's upcoming nuptials. Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Welcome to Everything Iconic. Before we get into this week's episode, I do have to say that I was in Vegas all last week and I met my parents. I was staying in Caesar's Palace and I did go to the Vanderpump Gardens. I did go to check it out. It's right in Caesar's Palace, like right outside the forum shops. And it was really nice. It reminded me of like a, a mix of Tom Tom and Pump. Like, it had the olive trees of Pump, but they were much higher up. Like, when I go into Pump, I'm I'm very fucking tall. And when I go into Pump, I hit my head on all those goddamn olive branches. But this place in Vegas, the olive branches, they were like, they were high. They weren't, I wasn't hitting my head. So it was like a great vibe. It's very small. And because of how small it is, and because it just opened, the line was ridiculous. Like, it was really, like, we went at four o'clock. It opened at four o'clock. So we were like, oh, we'll have some drinks there. And we'll go right when they open so we can check it out, and then we won't have to wait in line. Well, we still had to wait in line, which was obnoxious, but I get it. It just opened. I'm sure that line will die down soon. And the drinks were great, very pricey, but the drink cocktails were good. And it was a nice a nice atmosphere. I just, I wish it was a little bigger or there was a line. I don't know. But, and I also wish the pricing was a little bit lower. I mean, in Vegas, everything's expensive. So what are you going to do? But I do like the decor of it. It was like a nice moody atmosphere. Anyway, this week's Vanderpump Rules, you guys, I thought it was a lot for me. I'm still kind of recovering from Vegas. You know, Vegas is a lot. And maybe that had something to do with the fact that throughout this entire episode, I was like wincing. You know, it was very, (laughs) very uncomfortable. So we're going to dive right in. And then at the end of the episode, at the end of uh, the Vanderpump Rules recap, there will be a little interview with Brittany Snow, who you guys might know from Pitch Perfect. She's in a new movie on Netflix called Someone Great, which I've talked about on the pod before, but watch it if you haven't watched it yet. It's really, really great. I loved it. Uh, but I have her at the end of this episode where we did a little chat, so we'll play that. Now let's dive into this week's episode. So first of all, our transition music in is, I just, I, I, I don't know if I could do this justice, but it was <laughs> stronger than you think I am. Ain't no holding back. Haters thrown shade. Ain't got time for that. I think it was actually Dat. Ain't got time for Dat. That was our transition music, and it was right into Ariana and Tom at Sir. <laughs> so, ain't got time for Dat. And then we're in Sir. And Lisa comes in, and Lisa pretends to be offended by that suitcase of money, which I have to believe that Lisa knew about beforehand. She's a producer on the show. She knew it would make it for a fun scene. And I... 
Okay, so in this episode, we see Ariana getting upset that Lisa kind of gives these jabs at the Toms. And if you really pay attention to all of this, Lisa does give a lot of jabs to the Toms. And a lot of times it's really fun. But if I was in one of their shoes, or if I was in Ariana's shoes, and they were doing that to my boyfriend or my friend or whatever, I would be really pissed because she goes hard on them. And she pretends to be like offended by things. She throws them under the bus. Ariana in this week's episode said, Lisa was in an interview and she said, I couldn't believe they went to Mexico. And then we saw in the footage that Lisa told them to go to Mexico. Lisa knew, as a producer on the show, that they're taking a cast trip for the show. And here's where I find it to be troubling. Everyone online and, like, people always say, oh, well, they should be lucky. They should be happy because without Lisa, like, they would have none of these opportunities. People are very much right. Like, a lot of the cast members on the show, they would have no—they wouldn't be where they are without Lisa and this restaurant and everything. But on the flip side of that coin, Lisa wouldn't have, like, people weren't going to Villa Blanca before this show. Like, <laughs> like the reason people go to Sir and Tom Tom is because of these people, these yahoos that we watch on TV. So, so I get the argument, but it's also like, let's not discount if Kristen, if Queen Kristen didn't fuck Jax in season two, you know, like, without all the craziness that they did, people wouldn't be frequenting Sir because people weren't lining up outside the door of her restaurants before this. So it's like, come on, I understand that these people, they do owe Lisa some sort of gratitude, but at the same time, without the craziness of these people, these restaurants wouldn't, she would not be able to open it. The Vanderpump Vegas would not be a line out the door if the show wasn't such a big show. And people don't tune into the show just to see Lisa. People want to see the craziness of this cast. So I don't know. I'm just, I, who the fuck am I sticking up for these people for? I'm just like, I see that so much. Like, they should be grateful. And Ariana's calling it out. And I'm really, I'm super excited about next week in the finale to see what happens. Anyway, then we cut to Jackson Brittany's apartment. Jackson's sister shows up, or his brother in law. They're apparently five years apart. And then Mama arrives, Sherry, her hair higher, closer to Jesus. <laughs> Sherry's, Sherry's hair keeps getting higher and higher. <laughs> Sherry, Sherry, Sherry. Sherry's, of course, Britney's mom. There was a lot of people coming in and out, and I don't know if it was the hangover talking or whatever, but I was like, I couldn't keep up with the names. It was like Presley, Mima, Militia, Presley. I don't know, there were so many fucking names coming in at me in this little tiny apartment. I was like, oh, slow down. You know, I take notes during these episodes, and I was like, I cannot keep up. There's too many fucking people in this apartment. And look, I just want to say I was waiting for that homophobic priest to come because you know they're having that homophobic pastor officiate the wedding i was wondering if he was going to show up because he needs to answer to some of these questions i have but that's neither here nor there the point is there was a lot of people in this little tiny apartment and i felt claustrophobic watching it did you guys feel claustrophobic it was like so many people sitting around both dead and alive because jacks brought out the box of his father's ashes so there was like just so the camera didn't know where to go how to circle around this group of people. They were all sitting on a couch, like on top of each other. There were just so many people. And then they did it at one point in group prayer, and I thought Jax was just going to light up in flames. <laughs> he's going <laughs> to, he's just going to burn his insides out. And speaking of burning the insides out, we still don't know what happened to Brit's ulcer. No update on that. Apparently it's gone, I guess. I don't know. We got a little flashback of Brittany's rotten heel. Rotten heel! I'll never get tired of. Show me it every week. And I don't know, this whole thing, 
Jax was making some jokes to the dad. The whole episode, he kept making jokes. And I don't, I just was, he said, make yourself happy for others. I don't, this whole thing, I'm very uncomfortable by. And every time we were in like a Britney Jax scene, I was like, very uncomfortable and not in a fun, uncomfortable way. It was like, get me out of here. I cannot be in this scene. I'm, I don't approve of this message. And like, I'd like my way out. I'd like my way out. And then the, this whole thing with the baby, which a lot of you corrected me last week, apparently on the spinoff, they did a fundraiser for the baby. Whatever they raised at the fundraiser, Jax agreed to match. And so he gave like, I don't know, 15 or 18 or what, I don't know what the number was, but it was a lot of money that Jax gave for the baby, for Brittany's sibling to have the baby. And I think that's terrible. I think it's great that they did that. Don't get me wrong. But what I worry about is that they're always going to have Jax holding that over their heads. And I feel like they have given Jax so much of a pass because he paid for the baby. I know he didn't like pay for the baby, but he sort of paid for the baby. He said, basically, you could say I bought Britney's brother a baby. And this is very troublesome. And I'm, again, very uncomfortable with the whole fucking thing. I'm way too hungover at this point to be watching these Jax and Britney scenes. It's all too claustrophobic. I wrote in my notes, take me to the trans brunch. Take me to brunch with Billy Lee because I can't be in this scene anymore. I was like feeling like I, I was like itchy. I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. So then we do right in the nick of time. We cut to the brunch with Billy. Adam was looking very sexy. He says he doesn't care if Sheena goes on a date. Now, all of this Adam and Sheena stuff, it's like, come on. <laughs> it's all it's all such staged. Like, I don't know. Just who cares? Just all of it, who cares? I feel like Joy Behar, like, you know, the Saturday Night Live impression of Joy Behar, like, who cares? That's how I felt every scene of this episode. Who cares? I just don't know if any of us really care. Do we care? I don't know. And I find Adam super sexy. And I do want to say that I appreciate Sheena just wanting to get with sexy men. She just wants to get some good dick, and she's going for it. And I appreciate that, Sheena, if you're listening. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of Sheena just trying to get some good dick. Good for you, girl. And then Adam says he doesn't want to be exclusive, but then he also says he doesn't want to see her with other guys, which, whatever, who cares? Then we cut to, we get another transition song. This transition song into the wedding dress shop is, this life of mine is also new, this life of mine. That was the transition. <laughs> Kristen, Katie, and Stassi show up. Now, Kristen wants made of art hardcore. Kristen's really gunning for it, and here's the thing. This is what makes Kristen a legend. She wants the Maid of Honor title because she knows that it'll ensure her another season. I think Kristen likes Brittany. Don't get me wrong. But I truly believe that Kristen really wanted that Maid of Honor thing because she thought, you know what, that'll ensure another season because we know next season's going to focus on that fucking wedding. So Kristen knows that, hey, if I get Maid of Honor, that's going to give me a whole guaranteed main cast member next season. She's smart. She's a legend. And that's why I respect and love my Kristen Doty. <laughs> I love her. And Brittany's, Brittany's in this bridal shop, and she says she wants, I want a castle. And when she started talking about the castle, this is when I started turning on Brittany. And you know I love Britt. I love her. I am on the brim. I was on the brim watching her, because I am really starting to turn on her. And I don't know if it was the Vegas hangover talking. I don't know if it was seeing so much Mima and Sherry in my face. You know, like my eyes had to adjust. It almost felt like we were watching that spinoff show, and I didn't want to see that spinoff show when it was Aaron. I said, N.O., I drew the line, and then here I was. I was forced to watch 
Jackson, Brittany, or, or Kentucky take LA or whatever the fuck we would call this spinoff. I didn't sign up for this, you guys. I signed up to see these people bartending. I want to see James fighting with Lala in the, at the Sir Dump. I don't need to see this whole Kentucky family infiltrate West Hollywood and, and they all have to pretend they like Jacks. Like, this is not what I signed up for. So I was really, I was on the brim. Yeah, I'm already on the brim of freaking out. Seeing Brittany talk about this wedding and being so excited, but not seeming to really care about who the groom was. In her confessional, even the producer asked, they were like, you know, so you fantasize about your wedding. Like, who was the groom when you fantasize as a kid? She said, I don't know. I don't think I've, I don't think I thought of that. I just wanted to get married. I just wanted to put on the dress. I want to be a princess, get married in castle with my sherry. Meemaw told me that I could get married. I had a barber doll that was my size. I put on the barber doll's dress and I got married. I didn't have a groom. I didn't know who the groom was. <laughs> I didn't care about a groom. I just got married in a castle. And I don't like that, you guys. It seems like it's all about the wedding, doesn't it? And that's always problematic. Because in three seasons, we're going to be looking back on this footage, and I think we know where we'll all be. I think we know where this relationship will be in three, four seasons, if we get, make it that far. Didn't it feel like a spinoff, though? Uh, not a spinoff I wanted. And then Mima was telling the story about being married 54 years, which was adorable. Loved it. But, <laughs> did, you, did you guys see their faces when Mima was telling the story? Stassi was, like, super excited. She's like, oh, my God, that's so beautiful. Katie looked so visibly disgusted by Mima's story. <laughs> It made me laugh so hard. Bima was like, you know, I was married for 54 years and it was the best. It felt like a day. And Katie, God bless her, was just glaring at her like, you know, I've been married for 54 days to Tom Schwartz and it's felt like a lifetime. <laughs> oh, I loved it. And then, of course, Katie got the matron of honor. She didn't even know what that was. She's like, I don't fucking know what that is. And then Brittany's like, well, you're married. And look, I'm not a this maybe this is what was my problem with the episode. I'm not a wedding person. I feel like oftentimes people get carried away with these weddings and it becomes less about a marriage and more about a wedding and I just get I just tune out. I have so many friends, you know, I've been in weddings. It just becomes not about a marriage and they tend to be a beautiful party, but to me it seems like such a wasteful a wasteful use of funds. Like put that money towards something, give it a charity or something. I know we want to have a big, nice party, but like, let's not go outside of our means. That's, I'm a grunt. I'm a grunch. Grinch. I'm a wedding grinch. <laughs> and the grinch who stole Jackson Brittany's wedding. I just, I need to change my attitude about it, but I, I can't. I mean, honestly, we all know they shouldn't be together. It's all that's such a bullshit. <laughs> I mean, he just cheated on her like six months ago and made a recording about it with an old lady in the bed next to him. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on, somebody's got to snap her out of it. Snap out of it! I don't know. I don't know. Then we see Jax and Jenny going to get tattoos. And the mom's not there, and that's because the dad wouldn't, The dad was in ICU. The mom didn't tell Jax and the sister that the dad was in ICU. And I would be mad, too, if I was Jax and Jenny. I get that. I get that. But it is sad. I want them to make it up. I, I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic that Jax will make up with the mom before the wedding. Every time they had to flash back to the mom, though, Jax was in the nose bandage. <laughs> That's the only footage we have of Jax's mom. It's like, I don't know, it just made me laugh. He was always in that nose bandage. And, look, I mean, a lot of the... I, maybe it was just too much Jax this episode. 
And he was carrying the dad's ashes around and even said at one point, like, my dad hated tattoos parlors. And then he went to the tattoo parlor for his dad. So it all seems backwards. It's like, if you're doing this to honor your father, but your father hated tattoo parlors, like, that doesn't make no fucking sense. But, you know, we all grieve differently. And he's obviously going through something and he's still, I do empathize with that. And I, you know, I couldn't imagine losing a parent and especially so young. So, you know, I understand Jax. I, I feel bad. And then I had forgotten that Jax got a Carmen tattoo. I remembered the Stasi tattoo, but when we saw the Carmen, I was like, whoa. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. Did not remember that. Then we cut back to the bridal shop. <laughs> Brittany's trying on all this. Like, I really look like a princess in this. My body looks awesome in this. Like every single dress. She's like, I look like a princess. I look amazing. <laughs> I loved it. And <laughs> my body looks awesome in this was my favorite. <laughs> then Kristen. Kristen says, Brittany's the light of her life. Like, did you hear that when they're, Brittany was trying on the clothes? Kristen's like, you are the light of my life. She's getting so hard for that maid of honor. <laughs> Then we cut to James and LVP. James wants his job back. He wants the night. He wants to turn into a space night. He wants See You Next Tuesday to be a space night, which I would go to. I would do it. And honestly, I didn't care about this scene at all. I don't give a shit. <laughs> we already know that James got the night back. We've seen him post about it on Instagram. So I, you know what? I'm uninterested in this scene. Next, cut to Tom Tom. We see Chris. Oh, this was good to me. This was Kristen, Tom, Stassi, and Ariana. We talked a little bit about this, but this was Ariana calling out Lisa for being shady. And I do not think this will end well. I don't think this will end well for Ariana. And I I hope it does. But, you know, I love Ariana. I'm just, I know Lisa is going to turn this around. Lisa's very smart. She's very smart. And I'm very excited to see next week. I think it's going to be good. So then we cut to Sheena's date. You guys, Sheena's really leaning into this Kim Cattrall vibe, this Samantha Jones, Kim Cattrall vibe. Sheena is like a low-budget version of it. <laughs> and I'm here for it. I like this. I like this whole thing. She was serving wine. She got this 25-year-old boyfriend coming over. He was very hot. Good for her. Again, very proud of her for just getting some hot dick. And I really loved how Sheena was serving wine out of a wine glass with a writing on it. Because on a date, like, Sheena is 33, and I feel like at 33, she have wine glasses without writing on it. Who am I to judge? I think those wine, those wine glasses with the writing on are good for, like, when you're home alone or with a best friend or something. But for a date, I would maybe recommend just, like, a stemless or something without, you know, a clear glass, something a little classier. Like, you don't need to serve your a first date wine in a glass that says, it's wine o'clock somewhere. Or... <laughs> I was trying to, ma- I, I couldn't make out what her wine glass said, but it did have writing on it. It was like, probably Pinot she didn't, <laughs> or wine time, I don't know. I was really hoping it would be Pinot she didn't. <laughs> I don't even know if they make wine glasses like that, but if not, we need to. Don't you think that'd be good? Pinot she didn't. Or Sheena, at, during the date, she says, I just want someone to make me dinner and go down on me. So that would be a great wine glass, too. Make me dinner and go down on me. I felt really bad for Sheena's cat here. Because the whole time, and the camera person, like whoever was in that apartment while Sheena was making the steaks with that young man, I felt very uncomfortable for. Particularly the cat. Because the cat was watching this, and the cat was serving so much side-eye this whole scene. And the cat... Just was sitting there while Sheena was like, "Have you ever had a threesome?" 
the guy. It was all this whole sex persona that she's been doing this season. It feels very unnatural to me, but I'm very into it. Like, it does not feel comfortable. You know, like on reality TV, everyone's got to have their thing. So, like, someone's usually the villain. Someone's usually, like, the next sweetheart, girl next door. Someone's, you know. And I feel like Sheena's like, I'm going to be the sex pot. And it feels very unnatural. It does not feel like a comfortable space for her to be in. And I think that's why I like it so much, because it seems so forced. And I always, like, <laughs> I always like on reality shows. Like, for me, these people in their roles, they either have to be, like, very natural or very unnatural. I don't like the in-between space. And so Sheena is like, she's starting to teetering on the very unnatural. And to me, that feels fun. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. While we're here, I do have to note that I wrote this in my, I wrote this in my notes that Sheena has a <laughs> live, live, love, meow picture with her cat in it. And I would just like us all to live in that. Let's all just take a moment. And let's all picture in our heads the framed photo of Sheena's cat in a frame that says, live, love, meow. Let's all just take a moment, take a deep breath here, live in it. And now let's move on. Now Sheena made out with the guy, with the cameraman there, with the cat, the whole crew on her bed. And that was so awkward to me because what was Sheena like? Okay, crew, let's get in the bedroom. We're going to make out on the bed now. Very unnatural and very fun to watch because it was so overly thirsty that it was fun. So then we cut to LVP and Lala talking. I don't really care about this scene. I feel bad. I was, I feel bad, you guys. I was just in kind of like a, a tired mood when I watched this episode. And so a lot of my notes were just like, I don't fucking care about this scene. I don't know what it is. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting, I'm ready for the end of Vanderpump Rules. I feel like we were two episodes too long this season. Two, three, four episodes too long. Should have been shorter. Because I'm starting to get at the end of my rope here. Or maybe it was just all this Britney stuff. So then we cut to Britney going overboard with the maids of honor stuff. She has the whole bridal party come to pump. And she says to the whole group, she says, I found my man, but I still need my girls. I wrote in my notes, this is gross. And again, maybe I just have a bad attitude about weddings and I need to change that. Maybe I do. It reminded me, though, of Oprah's Legends Ball. Do you guys ever see that? If you've never seen it, please go on YouTube. So years and years ago, Oprah, on her talk show, she threw a Legends Ball. And I swear to you, it's some of the best TV you will ever see in your life. So the legend, she invited all these women, these amazing icons, queens, legends, the Mariah Carey's, the Patti LaBelle's, the Janet Jackson's, like the most amazing that Chaka Khan performed. I mean, it was like the most amazing event. She threw a luncheon. And then she gave everyone, she sat them all down, she gave them like these diamonds, I think they were diamond earrings, and when Oprah gave that whole group of people the diamond earrings. The waiters put down in front of each of us a box. These red boxes came out. They were on these silver trays, and we're looking at these boxes like, what is this? Okay, ladies, <laughs> let's start on the count of three. You can begin to open your boxes. One, two, three. Moving off. Moving off. When Britney sat all the girls down and gave them those like maid of honor gifts, it reminded me very much of a low rent Legends Ball. I'm not saying this was like the Bravo version of the Oprah's Legends Ball, except for instead of Chaka Khan, it was like fucking Mima or, or it was Militia. <laughs> 
There was no Patti LaBelle, but there was a militia. And, you know, it wasn't quite the same, but it still gave me that same vibe. <laughs> we did not have my we did not have Maya Angelou, but we did have Sheena. So six to one, half dozen the other. <laughs> we subbed Maya Angelou for Sheena, but the point is, it was the same vibe, same vibe. And then also, I I was so disgusted that we keep comparing Britney and Jax to Belle and the Beast. I love Beauty and the Beast. That is a favorite of mine. And I do not want to be tainted by the image of Jax and Britney as Belle and the Beast. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Jax first went up to Britney after looking at her and saying he wanted to eat her butthole out. That's not the same thing as Belle and the Beast. I'm sorry. Okay? I don't think the Beast cheated on Belle with an old lady in the bed next to him and made a phone recording of it. I don't think that happened. Call me crazy. Remember when the Beauty and the Beast that came out with that Enchanted Christmas? It was like a prequel or like... <laughs> I don't think in the Enchanted Christmas, the Beast inferred that Belle had gained weight and was lazy and sleeping on the apartment couch all day. I don't think that happened in an Enchanted Christmas. Okay, so let's stop comparing the two. It's not the same thing enough. Taylor Armstrong, enough. Enough! Enough! We're not doing this anymore. I'm not having this anymore. Enough! Anyway, then we cut to James and Lala. James having a lot of trouble this episode making eye contact with people. He couldn't make eye contact with LVP earlier in the episode, and now he doesn't want to make eye contact with Lala. It was funny that Lala kept saying, like, if you need help, if you need um, assistance or some advice, call me. And James was like, I'll call my therapist. Like, I don't need a... I don't always love James, but when he was in this scene, he's like, I think I'll just call my therapist. <laughs> I think I maybe I should dial her up instead of you, Lala. Made me laugh. And then back at the pump with the girls in the bridal party, we start talking about Sheena and Adam some more. Sheena says her and Adam had a don't ask, don't tell policy. And this just reminded me that when I was on my Southwest flight, Southwest, and I never like flying Southwest because they're all doing character reels, the flight attendants. Every time they sit you down, they got on the way to Las Vegas. The flight attendant had some bunny ears on, and she was doing a character reel when she was, you know, like it was an SNL audition at the front of the plane when she was showing us how to buckle our seatbelts. And I don't need that. And particularly on the way back from Vegas when you're really hungover and all that stuff, the last thing you want to see is a Southwest employee or a Southwest employee just doing some voices or some stand-up routines. And on the way back from Vegas, my Southwest attendant she made a don't ask, don't tell joke. She's like, hey, everyone, I got a good don't ask, don't tell joke. Don't ask to use the bathroom, and I won't have to tell you that the bathroom's broken. And it's like, that's problematic on a lot of different levels. First of all, let's not make light of a don't ask, don't tell policy. Second of all, the bathroom should be working on all flights. If the bathroom ain't working, get me off the flight, okay? <laughs> I do not need to be up in the air and not able to use the restroom if I need to, okay? I don't care how short the flight is. Fix the toilets. Okay, open up a chute or something. I don't find a bucket. Something needs to happen. Somebody needs to get something fixed in there. But I don't need someone making jokes of it. The fact that the pooper's not working. Anyway, then Sheena, she's like, Adam's my bestie. And then they show a montage where the editors troll Sheena about Sheena talking about how Adam's her bestie. Then Sheena cries at the table. I wonder, does anyone care about Sheena and Adam? This whole thing, they've been trying to. It feels a little like they've tried to force it throughout the whole season, doesn't it? Like, feels like the storyline that they have been really trying to make happen, and just, it never feels like it's going to happen. 
know, then we cut to Tom. Tom Jack shows up with Britt's family and his brother-in-law, and then Brittany's dad tells Jack that he needs to be faithful. And then we have all of this stuff, this awkward tension between Jacks and the family. They all say like, if you ever fuck up with Britt again, like we're gonna come after you. I couldn't watch this scene, you guys. It was too upsetting to me. It was way too upsetting. If I was Brittany's brother or father or friend, and this man had tre- treated my friend, my daughter, my sister the way that he did last season, like literally not e- like a year ago. Now maybe it wasn't even a year ago. But if that had happened, I'd be like, "There's no way I'd be nice to this person. I don't care how many babies he bought my family. <laughs> I don't care how many babies he bought. I still wouldn't like it." Anyway, it was too upsetting for me, and that was the end of the episode. Next week's the finale. Thank God, I'm ready for it. I need the finale. Very excited. I think it looks good. We see little Schwartz. We got no Schwartz this week. No Schwartz, no Raquel. It was a bare-bones cast. We had all those Kentucky people in that just got a lot of Mima and Sherry and no Schwartz. And look, I tune in for Schwartz. I don't tune in for Sherry. Let me just say that. But the finale looks... I hate... I feel like I'm being such a negative Nancy, you guys, but the finale looks a little bit boring. I'm ready for it, but it looks a little boring. I mean... Coming from this show where the finales are always like thrilling, you know, the finales we've had, the, the Stasi backhanding Kristen or the Jackson Tom fight. Remember when they had that fist fight? Like, those are finales. Next week, it's like, okay, we have an engagement party. Uh, eh. But you know what? I'm turning my frown upside down and I'm trying to have a better attitude about it. So next week, hopefully, I will be well rested. And I'll have a little bit better attitude about my Vanderpump Rules because it is still a phenomenal show. And this is a great show. We, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. I'm going to miss it. In four weeks or whatever, when it's not on the air, I'm going to be like, God damn it, I miss that show. You know? So I'm probably just taking advantage of the show now. But anyway, we're at the finale next week. That's the episode. Now, I want to play my chat with Brittany Snow from, of course, the movie Someone Great. Watch it on Netflix. Before I do, I want to say please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support this podcast and access bonus episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Click become a patron. For $4 more per month, you get the bonus episodes and more importantly, help support this podcast. So we'll be back with the Roni recap later on the week. And without further ado, I'm going to just leave you with this, this interview with Brittany Snow. It's a phone call. The audio is a little bit, maybe not the best, but don't DM me about it. I love you. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this. Sending all the love, all the big A kisses in the world. And after this interview or sometime today, just take some time to breathe in and out and do your own little cool down and be nice and love each other. Love you. Bye. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to 
re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Do you still have that boyfriend you hate? I'm sorry, I was just goofing around. Yes. Our best friend is out there drinking champagne from a bottle of green juice. I just want to scoop her up and make it all go away. Wait, it's the green juice mimosa. It's kind of genius. Hi, Brittany. How are you? Hi. I truly fell in love with this movie. I thought the cinematography was great. The music, the relationship between the three leads was just so fantastic. Do you think there's any opportunity for a sequel? I know Netflix has done some sequels to their other original movies. I We, we have spoken about that, um, and I think it just depends on how well it does. Uh, I hope that people watch this because I would love to do a sequel. I think there's still a story to be told here especially because you kind of leave the ending with all these girls going off into the new chapter of their life, but then what happens next? Um, I had a blast doing this, so I would love to do a sequel. Um, I just, I'm going to make that my career goal is that I'm going to do movies about friendships and girls and make them into sequels. (laughs) Well, it's a good goal because we need those type of movies. I mean, I'm a gay man, but I, that's all I want to watch. I just want to watch women being, you know, fun and friends together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of sequels, will there be a Pitch Perfect 4? That's a good question. You know, I feel like maybe I would know that I don't know anything. Um, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where probably 10 years down the road, there's going to be a call that they're doing some sort of Pitch Perfect, like we have kids or something. I don't know. But as of now, there's no talk of that from what I understand. But then again, I'm not the powers of be, so I don't know. Now, I just want to ask you some more general pop culture questions and maybe some uh, some questions about your previous work. Now, do you have any favorite memories about working on John Tucker Must Die? Yeah, um, God, <laughs> I mean, if I can remember, it, it was a long time ago. It was, it was so much fun. I mean, I was a kid, and I was that was the first time that I was starring in a movie on my own, and 
um, not on my own, but that I was the star of a movie. And I was very overwhelmed, but I was going through a lot in my personal life. And Sophia Bush and I became so close. I really owe a lot of things to her because I was going through a hard time and she kind of pulled me out, out of the mud a lot of times. And we became really close. Um, it was one thing that I remember doing that did not go over well. I remember uh, printing out pictures of Jesse Metcalf in his underwear. I think they were like magazine printouts. I'm sure I did that too. <laughs> and I printed out a bunch of them and put them all over the set as a joke. And he did not like that. <laughs> so I do remember doing that. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. I mean, I remember there was one night, you know, because in Canada... At 19, you can go to the clubs and you can do that. So it was like the first time that I'd like really gone out and, and done the whole thing because um, we shot in Canada. And I remember ripping my pants on the dance floor and still dancing because I was 19. Uh. So um, little things like that, I remember. It was a lot of fun. I feel like you've been playing a 20-something forever because you look so young and so beautiful. I feel like you've literally been pay- playing around the same age forever, which is great. I get that a lot, and I I agree. I'm just I keep waiting to look older. Not that I want my wrinkles or anything. I just want to look. But I have such a baby face. I I think I'm always going to have a baby face, and um, I don't know why. But yeah, I still look. I still get carded when I buy alcohol. Um, I'm not complaining about it. It's just um, I guess it's it's funny. I, I keep thinking that maybe the universe and the stars and whatever. Uh, have a role that they want me to play younger than I am. Yeah. So I'm not complaining until it's doing it. Um, speaking of babyface, I loved you in American Dreams. Did you have any favorite uh, performances from them? From then, I know we had like so many weird like pop stars playing older pop stars. Like, did you have a favorite? Yeah, I, God, that was so fun. Um, I, I was such a kid, and it was so cool to to meet these people that I idolized, and they were coming on playing idols that they, you know, had always looked up to. And it was a very meta sort of experience. I remember, you know, it's funny because I still remember who was really nice and who wasn't. And uh, I'm sure they went on and didn't think that this little 16-year-old would ever remember. But I, I, Usher was so sweet. Ashanti, of course, was so sweet. I didn't know I was going to work with her later. Oh, Richie was actually really sweet. Richie Sephora was really cool. there were a couple of people that were not very nice, but they will be, they will remain nameless. Sure. Uh, now I do these like pop culture lightning rounds. So these are just real fast questions and I'll wrap it up with this. Um, okay. So some of these are related to past performances or all over the place, but uh, you worked with John Travolta in Hairspray. Do you have a favorite John Travolta movie? I'll fix it. How about a favorite Michelle Pfeiffer movie? Ooh, that is hard. I, um, Scarface? I mean, that was the first time I'd ever seen her. I was way too young to watch that movie, and I just remember thinking that she was the most gorgeous thing I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> truly, She truly still is. I mean, she's ageless. Okay, now, are you more of a Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, or Charlotte? I'm Carrie, all the way. Even in my friend group, I'm the Carrie, which is sad because she's a little selfish, but I guess that's okay. She's fabulous. I ask everyone, what's your favorite Mariah Carey song? I don't, you know, it's funny because I'm not like a huge, huge Mariah Carey fan. I mean. How dare you? She likes that beautiful song that she came out with only like 10, five years ago or something. That's a good one. That's a good one. 
Okay, uh, Brittany or Christina? Brittany. I've seen her concert so many times. I went to Vegas, saw her recently. I'm obsessed with her. How about Jessica or Ashley Simpson? Ooh. I grew up pretty kind of with Ashley, so I have to say Ashley, I guess. He's also, he's also married to my friend Heaven, so I have to say. There you go. Um, if you were choosing for People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? My fiance. <laughs> if you had to choose somebody else. I mean, I, I feel like George Clooney is just the sexiest, no matter what, no matter how old, no matter how young, it's always going to be George Clooney for me. Right. He's a classic. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. When and where can people find someone great? Uh, it's on Netflix, April 19th. And what would you say to maybe get people interested in seeing it? Like, how would you convince people to watch it? I, I think everyone should see it because I loved it. I just think that it's exactly the type of movie that we need right now. It's about choosing yourself. It's not about choosing a man. It's not about bettering yourself for a man. It's about being who you are and standing by that. I love the movie because none of the women ever question who they are. They only question about what choices they should make to better themselves. And I think we need more of that right now. I totally agree. Brittany, thank you for all of the wonderful, iconic entertainment you've given us throughout the years. I really appreciate it. And this was so delightful talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thank you. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.